the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We're live February 18, 2021. Um, Took a few days off, um, starting the process of grieving my mother. She has passed. I've made this pretty well documented on the air. She, great mother. She did get COVID in December, November, December. And here she is dead in February, but she was also old. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to fall into play for me. I'm not sure when I'm going to be entertaining in my head again, but there's some grief issue and it's very, very odd. Um, And I'll let some of it out on the air in the coming days and weeks. I have to be honest with you. It's kind of in my nature, so to speak, as the snake for a juggle book once said, trust me, I can't not be me, right? So um, I've got some good stories. I've got some IDing of the bodies. Um, oddity. I've got some brother. Did he really ask for that stories? I got some wills, trust angles that I'll share with you. Um, but it's going to take me a little bit to kind of figure out the onion, so to speak. And I don't want to be in the situation where I I grieve in 20 years. I want to grieve now, but also I know that I I work and it's probably the only thing that makes me normal. So, Watching TV, I'm a very odd person. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Moving past this topic, I will come back to it, I promise. Um, Because like I said, it's in my nature. One of the stories out on Wall Street today, and I guess for the record, I should say, my dad did well. Um, Him and his wife had enough money to live till the day they died. So if that's one of your goals in life, my dad did well. But one of the stories out there that I'm seeing today that I think we need to start talking a little bit about would be Walmart, market highs. Crypto is still in the news. That's not going to go away. Above 50,000, above 51,000. Literally, when I take a couple days off and I come back to it, I'm like, yeah, that's not that much of a surprise. A little bit of a same old, same old on Wall Street, in my opinion. And um, we're going to hit all of this as best we can. Again, I have no problem with Bitcoin. If you want to own 1% in it, don't go crazy. Quickly, you'll see how things move up and down. And when that happens, it will make you crazy and you'll start making bad decisions. Market feels very, very finicky at this point in time. The market had Mondays off. Well, I only took two days off to grieve. <laughs> That's interesting, right? I just realized I thought it took three whole days off. Maybe I should take another day. 
but the markets really have been finicky this week. Take a look back. And again, it's nice to unplug on occasion. And I'm talking two days of unplugging is a little bit weird. Um, it feels like there's been a little bit more selling interest. But every time we sell, there's a recover and buy the dip crowd that moves in. And they're like the hipsters in Brooklyn. They're like, oh, you want to give up an apartment in Brooklyn? Oh, well, sorry. Well, you hate to see you go. I'm going to go get some guacamole and toast. Avocado toast, guacamole, listen to me. Um, and the next thing you know, that hipster moved into your place. Here they were like siding with you and feeling bad for you and like, oh, they just took your place. And that's the same kind of buy the dip crowd mentality. And I'm okay with it. That's one of the reasons I'm positive on the market. Uh, we haven't really found a better place in the world to create wealth that's semi-regulated or mostly regulated. Um, that doesn't feel like a wild, wild west out there. The S&P financial sector, I'm th stoked with. Um, it should be moving higher, and it is moving higher, and it is leading the markets higher. The Federal Reserve, who has a big-time relationship with investing in banks in the United States and a lot of regional banks and, and uh, U.S. banks, they've moved up 40, 50 percent in the recent, you know, big last six months of the market. So they're starting to lead the market quite nicely. And they have a friend, the Federal Reserve, has said, look, we're watching inflation and we're going to give you guys as much time as possible before we start, you know, jacking the rules and changing them on you in monetary policy. Um, there's been enough stimulus that the banks have, have kind of shored up their balance sheets and they're moving higher and they're moving faster than the overall market. The semiconductor index down, tech index down, Russell 2000 down, utilities, i.e. safety down, real estate down. And recently financials are leading to the point that it can carry the market on its back. And I like seeing that. So that's positive. I haven't said that in five years. I like seeing the financials lead the market higher. Again, the basic premise of you and I go out for a drink one day when we're not wearing masks, or maybe it was in the past. Who knows? We say, let's start a business. Well, I don't want to put my money into it. You don't want to put your money into it. So let's go get the bank to put their money into it. Um, banks have controlled their losses. They've done their speculation. Um, a speculation for a bank is pretty important. They do want that person who uses the credit card to fail because they do know that they could charge them fees and that'll cover the credit card points that people like I use that I never fail by paying my credit on time. There's kind of a diversity that's good in risk taking for banks is what I'm getting at. You kind of want to see banks move higher because it's showing you that from small to big, they're taking some risk. Walmart's a drag on the market, down 5%. This is a big one. Walmart's are still a, an important retailer, even though we live in a world of Amazon and bring it to me the next day, please. They came up shy of consensus expectations, but they also offer tepid guidance. I get the tepid guidance. I would prefer that they under promise and over deliver. Because Wall Street doesn't like it when you miss. Um, especially if you got a little bit too lofty and you don't see a curveball coming. Wall Street really doesn't like that double mess. So lower your expectations. 
that's fine. They're taking their hit today down 5%. That's fine. Um, of note, GameStop is going to be on Capitol Hill today. I'm so tired of the GameStop story. That has been manipulated to the point of trash as far as information goes. History will sort out a lot of the details, but I, I get the feeling a lot of average people are going to lose money on that one. A lot of mutual funds, a lot of hedge funds quietly made money and have gone on whistling away from the car accident. That's just my opinion, but we'll see. Um, Warren Buffett had bought into Verizon. That's really, really interesting because do you remember about 45 days ago I said – I'm looking at some income investments that aren't really sexy, that haven't had the big move, that have a little bit of value towards them. Verizon was one of them. And to get a comp- to get a man like Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway is the company. Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett's company. To get his company on record saying, we like Verizon, it's probably, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for you, consult a broker advisor. But he's not looking for sexy. He's looking for income and consistency, and he's not looking to lose a lot of money ever over time. Something to think about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm not going to get into a lot of the Walmart disappointment angles yet. I took a few days off. My mother passed away this past weekend. Um, looking, it gives you a lot of insight. It takes a lot of joy away from things for a period of time, but hopefully they come back. Um, but the whole East Coast, West Coast things, you kind of see it again. My mother was based out of the East Coast. I'm based out of the West Coast now. And like you go, wow, Tesla really does have a lot of room to run, but you're starting to see Teslas more on the East Coast. I live five miles from like Tesla ground zero. Palo Alto is shallow Alto, um, as we like to refer to it. No disrespect. Just there's a lot of money and a little bit on the pretentious side. Not necessarily in a bad way. Sushi is delicious, but you don't have to tell people sushi is delicious. Um, And they like to tell you. Going greener can't be a horrible thing, but I get it. You have your opinions. So one of the companies I do like to analyze when I'm starting to see things East Coast, West Coast, when I'm starting to see things as an investor versus a non-investor, truly the, the, the good and the bad, the, the light and the dark, so to speak, I look at areas that you're not going to look at. Amazon comes out with a press release. And inside that press release, they talked about a company that is called Cells. It's a seller service, as you could well imagine. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that. Another press release that came out while I took a three-day break to start the process of grieving and burying my mother was um, Amazon made an announcement that was very vague. Listen to this and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Mitsubishi. Now, again, you're like, don't they make lawnmowers and yeah, cars? And like, they're, they're kind of one of those big industrial conglomerates. 
But they're going to announce their next big new car on Amazon Live. And I'm like, I wonder if anyone knows about this. And it, it shows you where Amazon's going, not where they are. Wayne Gretzky, the greatest hockey player of all time, once said something along the lines of, go to where the puck is going, not to where it is. If you want to be the greatest of all time, no. Like, and again, if you watch hockey, you're like, whoa. And if you go to hockey in, in person, you're, you're amazed at how fast the game is. Going to where the puck is. And I, I think that's what we try to do as investors. We don't want to what's working now. That's called the church of what's working now. And you could prophesize for it for sure. But what you really want to look for is the answers on, on where we go in long term. What's the big picture of this? So Amazon Live, the e-commerce giant's live shopping platform, had a big year of neglect due to 2019. But trying to encourage influencers, and I have a cousin who's trying to be an influencer, and it's almost comical from a distance of she's good. She's not big time good. And I kind of feel like you're going to have to be big time good to pull it off. But we'll talk about that in the future of how children today want to be influencers. And there's too many children and too few jobs for being influencers. But that's a whole nother world. Amazon has increasingly encouraged influencers to sell products on Amazon Live. And it's done some pretty big events. Um, I went back and looked. Jessica Alba, she appeared on Amazon Live during Prime Day. Jessica Alba is a pretty big name. Gabriel Union appeared on Amazon Live. Uh, during Prime Day. But now they're re rolling out a car. And for me, if you see more and more what Amazon is doing again and again and again, is they, they forge contracts for more video. Premier League soccer. U.S. Open tennis. Um, everything's moving more towards video casting, even the sales pitching. And what I'm getting at with Amazon pushing a Mitsubishi car it's not really what you think of when you think of Amazon, is it? But they're going to get some money on that. And Mitsubishi is going to get some people who have money to spend on retail. So it's not something that would have happened as fast as it's happening if it were not for the pandemic. But I'm seeing more and more live TV roles. And again, isn't that one of the things the pandemic taught us? If you're an actor and you're not employed right now, you're doing something terribly, terribly wrong. Because there's HBO Max, and there's Hulu Live, and there's Disney Plus, uh, or show after show after show. And we, we seem to be jumping like junkies from show to show to show. Did you see Queen's Gambit? Did you see Stranger Things? When's Stranger Things coming back? What, did you see the – and again, we're jumping uh, uh, Bridgerton. Like, I, I can't even follow them all, right? You need a scorecard for the, the big hits out there. But Amazon's got a big pitch right now to get into major sports leagues. And do I, at some point in time, see them not running a commercial on the Super Bowl, but showing the Super Bowl? And when they're showing the Super Bowl, do I not see them doing a pitch for, Tom Brady, you just won this Super Bowl MVP. It's your 15th one. What do you want to do? And go to Disney World. And then Amazon's going to sell a package to Disney World. And Amazon's going to start selling more TV jerseys during the broadcast. Um, we've talked about this as kind of being the holy grail of retail for years. Of You could be watching a TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Buffy's got a cute 
sweater on and you're like, I want to get that sweater for my kid. Or you see a Kurt Cobain video and you're like, if I get my kid a striped sweater, my kid will be like Kurt Cobain and everyone will love him. Let's skip that part where he puts a shotgun to his head. Let's not worry about that part. No, 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 no. But you could do live shopping while watching video. So I don't think that's that far off of Amazon saying they're getting the MLS bigger. They did some Thursday night football. They tinkered with it. Now they're doing a car. They've had Jessica Alba on that big prime day, which, you know, does that feel like a million years away? It's not. What is it? Sometime in January where it's that made up holiday and Jessica Alba, beautiful woman comes out, beautiful skin and says, Hey, buy my skincare product. I'm Jessica Alba. You may remember me from a star Wars movie, or you may remember me from a, a Vogue cover. I don't know, but that integrations it's, it's, it's happening very, very real. And with that out there, Amazon has also quietly announced the acquisition of a company called Sells, S-E-L-Z. And this too hints at the future of retail. This is a little bit more on the now because they compete Sells, S-E-L-Z, with Shopify. And Shopify has become a formidable player in e-commerce. And what Amazon sees Shopify doing well, Amazon's going to try to copy and do it themselves. Interesting, right? So Shopify facilitated $119 billion in purchases in 2020. That's up 96% from 2019. Pretty good number. It makes Shopify's 40% as big as Amazon Marketplace, well above 2018. So we are seeing some real traction, or is the made-up word that I like to use, some real gription in what Amazon's trying to do and where e-commerce is going. Consumption is a big part of retail. Retail is a big part of investing. Investing is a big part of retirement. I pay a lot of attention to consumption, and Amazon's leading us in funny ways. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Killers always bring a smile to my face. I kind of need that right now. Mom passed away last weekend. I've lost both parents. And uh, grieving a little bit, and I'll, I'll get some perspective. But <clears throat> got a job to do, and I'm good at it. A couple years ago, I started talking to you more about 5G. And not that you didn't hear about 5G, but I knew that there would be investment opportunities to 5G. And I knew that you knew that, but I kind of knew that you needed to be reminded of that. Video games. Um, the data continues to roll out that 40% of Americans now play video games. Like, what? Isn't this like Pac-Man fever? Weren't we being derided as like idiots? The word idiot with a V in front of it? Sure we were. And now it's norm, and it's something we spend money on, especially if it can give you an edge. One of the areas that I try to do is remind you, like, some of this is right in front of you. Why did um, Warren Buffett buy Verizon? Not buy Verizon. Why did Warren Buffett buy shares of Verizon? He sees it as a long-term business model of you needing to have your data. And um, <clears throat> Verizon and AT&T and Sprint Metro PCS, that's about the three that you can name of, of your choices, Right. 
And if we're spending a hundred, maybe it's 50, maybe it's 60, maybe it's 120. I don't know what your family size is, whatever it is. Then you hear more data, more data. Um, I was shocked to see, you know, my data usage. And if we could probably go back in time, let's say 20 years, I don't know, if you're 40, you've been using data for at least 20 years, right? If you're 50, you've been using it probably for 30. If you take a look at that data curve, what we're consuming, <laughs> it's pretty obnoxious. We're like, whoa. So Warren Buffett got into Verizon because we're consuming more, and that that doesn't seem to be slowing. Right? Now, Buffett takes on the boring side. He looks for consistency. Every month you pay your phone bill or you lose your phone. Um, I've had to work my phone a lot recently with the death of my mother, just you know, talking to her friends and extended family and situations like that. Um, and everyone seems to have one, right? And that's where Warren Buffett does his best. Everyone seems to have one. Uh, when he invested in Gillette, most men on the planet have beard stubble. And we tend to say clean shaven is better than, you know, um, Joe Thornton and his caveman like beard. Joe Thornton and Warren Buffett would not get along, right? He's like, shave that thing every day and use that razor every day. And I invest in the company that makes the razors, right? So one area that we're going to have to start looking at, and this is super freaky. I'm going to point you to a YouTube video in just a second, but the metaverse. And yes, right now you can make a lot of money in Bitcoin. You could probably lose a lot of money in Bitcoin. And yes, right now there's still plays on 5G. And yes, right now there's still plays on video games. And yes, right now there's a lot of good things going on right now. In no way, shape, or form am I saying you're chasing performance right now. But I do want you to look ahead. And there's one area that this is a little bit on the trippy side. But a conversation with my son really kind of exposed it to me. He said, what's going to happen to Fortnite? And I said, well... You know, he's bought probably $200 of skins. And if I'm saying 200 it's more than that, and I'm just too embarrassed to say it. Um, skins being an avatar-type character that you can play. Interesting to note, my son likes playing female characters, like the Laura Croft characters that seem to be curvy in many places. And I'm like, okay, maybe my kid, maybe that's what he's identifying with, or maybe it's just a little fantastical jump out of his own body right now. Um, which by the way is a perfect little body. Um, one of the things I said, like, you know, Epic's working on something that you can put your face on your character and it is, his brain just went exploded. Now, to be honest with you, he kind of knew this was coming because kids today pay a lot of attention to their hobbies and their interests on YouTube. There's something called the metaverse, which is a collective virtual shared space. And maybe on a level you could think of it as the matrix, but a lot of technologies are pushing us this direction right now whether it be Verizon getting faster and selling you more data or companies like Epic selling you skins or companies like Apple making hardware better and better and better so they can, it can embrace these technologies, so to speak. But the metaverse is a collective virtual shared space created by the convergence of virtually enhanced physical reality and physically persistent virtual space. Um, a friend of mine does a lot of software for Facebook for Oculus, and one of the things he's, he, he's primarily in charge with is the home screen, for lack of a better word. And there's probably already a better word out of it, where when you put your headset on, that's what you first see. And it could be like a space station, where you see a, a stereo that has all your music in it. 
and you could be at a space station floating around and there could be a refrigerator if you want to order food from Grubhub. He, he's building what looks to be your virtual living room into software code. And you can take pictures of, let's say you have a favorite bear, blue bear, you can put blue bear in your corner and you'll always see blue bear when you turn on your screen. Maybe like I got a picture of my mom on my home screen right now. That's the idea on my virtual desk. And you can see the virtual, it's not just going to be a home screen. It's going to be much bigger than that. So what I want you to do, if you get a chance today, is go Google, go to YouTube and Google or YouTube search Epic's Digital Humans. And in a matter of minutes now, they've got something called a MetaHuman Creator that is going to upload into their Unreal Engine. Their Unreal Engine is their underlying technology that they build games around. Think of it as maybe a, a drive shaft, uh, the, the internals of a car. Um, and you could you know, say you want an action adventure, say you want a spy adventure, say you want um, an international action adventure. That engine would be able to, to adapt enough so that developers can use their time developing content versus developing the tools to make content. And one of the things Epic has made for developers is what's called a meta-human creator. And it's pretty cool. If you get a chance, like I said, to search it. And it's a photorealistic digital human, fully rigged and complete with hair and clothing. Matter of minutes, the exponential computing power has increased so much that it's created this positive situation where my kids say, hey, what's going to happen with Fortnite one day? I've spent all this money on these skins. And some of them look like Santa Claus. They're not real at all, right? They're very animated. Um, or you could probably look at some Japanation and through the years, you've probably seen some things that you've gone like, wow, that, you know, cartoon looks almost human. Like look at the hairs on her face, like, whoa, but now they're doing it with you. And this is going to be big for Facebook. It's going to be big for Activision, big for Epic. Epic's got a couple new lawsuits against Apple going an antitrust complaint filed in the European Union. They tried to get an app store kind of lawsuit precedent set in North Dakota that failed. But they they continue to go after Apple. Um, Maybe not the smartest thing, but we'll decide on that later. So one of the more impressive things that I've seen, and I want you to take a look at it, the meta-human creator, and just start thinking about what this may mean. When you scan this tool and... It figures out you're six foot two and you weigh 215 pounds and that you're missing a chipped tooth and it starts pulling all this stuff together. It, suddenly that information sold to Amazon and Amazon's like, well, here's the things we can sell for someone who's six foot two, has a lazy eye, has a receding hairline. Um, it's kind of creepy and you can kind of see how everyone wants your virtual avatar to be very real. And as much data put into it as possible so that they could sell you video games. Nothing better than owning a 12-year-old kid playing Fortnite. If you could put your own face in front of them and say, this old man just beats you. That's the basic idea. Oh, for the record, I'm not really sure how I feel about Rush Limbaugh dying. Other than to say that the dynasty that he created or the empire that he created in radio was pretty impressive. That it's as someone who works inside of radio and television, I can tell you, um, you got to tip your hat to it. 
because trying to recreate that type of franchise, not easy. And there's very few people who do it successfully. And you, I want you to say one more thing when we're talking about Rush Limbaugh before we put him in the ground is he failed a lot. Um, he got on the NFL where we're like, why did he get on the NFL? <laughs> and this is pre-Kaepernick days, right? Um, I think it was all pre-Kaepernick. I, I don't know if he got on any NFL during the time where it's good to be conservative and turn it into a liberal argument about the flag. But um, he failed a lot. And I love stories about failure. I don't know why. Tim Tebow, he's retiring from baseball. I know you're saying you took two days off from Radio Rob and the best you got to come back on is Tim Tebow. Yep. How many of us get to be NFL quarterbacks? The answer is not many. How long was he an NFL quarterback? The answer is not long. He retired from baseball. Officially, his whole Mets thing, he got to AAA, which last time I checked, AAA is not paying a lot of money. So your career never lasts as long as you think it's going to is my, my typical thought. Maybe if you're working for um, the state, all those state jobs have disappeared pretty aggressively during the pandemic. Um, just know that your career, your ability to earn income from age 20 to 60 is pretty impressive. And Tim Tebow is out of earning at age 33 from his athleticism. Now he has to use his broadcast voice. Down the road, he'll probably use his faith. Um, some areas also maybe he'll work in the NFL or the college football as a coach through his networking from back in the day when he was in organizations and a player. Uh, there's a lot of lessons there, but not many of us never get a career in sports and still we're talking about. Good for him. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the apps on my phone that I'm now paying part of my salary to, to Warren Buffett because he's an owner in Verizon. Uh, one of my apps on my Verizon phone that I put on years ago, living in California, is called My Shake. And My Shake is one of those apps that tells you if there was an earthquake and did you feel it. And My Shake just went off. I'm like, let's take a look to see where it is. And um, 20 minutes ago in Fiji, a 6.1 earthquake. That's a pretty big emergency. Now, Fiji's not terribly densely populated. And there's no big business center there like semiconductor manufacturing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to let that one go. I'm going to throw that one down to a couple buildings are going to fall down. People are probably going to die. We'll look at it on the news, maybe the BBC tonight, and they'll go, oh, terrible, terrible earthquake. 6.1, some buildings collapsed. And um, maybe a bridge or two. And we'll talk about the constant, it's going to be repaired. We tend to build where there's earthquakes. We tend to build where there's forest fires. We tend to, like, as a nation, tend to do this again and again and again and again. As a country, as a world, you get the idea. But then I was looking at the MyShake app. I was like, okay, two days ago, there's a big one in Vanuatu, 6.7. And five days ago, there was a 7.1 in Japan. I'm like, okay, that's hitting a little bit closer to potential disruptions of semiconductors. Um, there's one called the Loyalty Islands where I'm like, okay, I need to look that up because my geography not so good. Where's the Loyalty Islands? And again, I just I look up stuff like that just to keep my brain going as best as possible. Easter Island, 
South Shetland Islands. I'm like, well, I don't really live in earthquake country, do I? And I'm like, yes, I do. Um, but that's the way those disasters work. And disasters are interesting because they're investable. Um, and they teach investable lessons that maybe you don't have to invest through that lesson, but it gives you a good idea. Supply and demand. One of the things that I've slipped into the show today is I follow consumption. And I really pay a lot of attention to where Amazon's trying to take retail because retail is a form of consumption. I don't have any snarky, funny lines like consumption is the opposite of production. Don't have that for you. I know that we as a nation, if we have paychecks, we tend to, to live paycheck to paycheck until we're wealthy. And then we still find ways to spend money or find ways not to spend money through tax of it. Like you start seeing where like it does kind of get a little, a little hairy here and there. But um, disasters teach us a lot of lessons on supply and demand. Uh, it also teaches us that as investors, we tend to rebuild the roads that get knocked over. We tend to rebuild the bridges. We tend to rebuild the, the, the businesses. Um, maybe we don't learn a lot of lessons too because a lot of semiconductor manufacturing still is right in the Asia-Pacific, Japan, Chinese corridor. Um, so whenever I say – everything I see, I see a story in. Man skips job interview to rob bank. I would love to have an, a show that was long enough and that was topical enough to talk about stupid criminals. But that one instantly thought, okay, you see his mugshot and he's wearing his mask wrong. And I'm like, please tell me he's not wearing a, a COVID mask while robbing a bank. And essentially that's what we got. <laughs> but one of the more controversial things I said on air many, many, many years ago, and it's not that controversial, but we all have plans for retirement. Whether we know it or not, we're getting older. My mother passed away. She lived. She had enough money to live till the day she died. That's great. She didn't live comfortably because she didn't take care of her health. That's bad. Lessons to be learned, right? This guy, Bruce Morway, 57 years old, he's going to go for a job interview. And he decides, eh, maybe I'll just rob the bank. Instead of like, I could be a security guard at the bank, I'm going to rob the bank. Um. Now, and he was a parolee, and I, I, I will say this. As I get older, and I didn't have this perspective as a child, we have a problem with our prisons and our prisoners in this country that we're not getting better at, which I studied prison and prison reform in college. It's one of those elective classes that I keep coming back to, like, um, how do you deter society? Do you put a 57-year-old in jail till the day he dies because he decided to rob a bank because he's going for a job interview and said, eh, I used to be a convict. They're not going to hire me. I'm kind of getting down on myself. I'll just rob them again and make money that way. Who needs a job? So he may very well go to life and uh, jail for life. Again, it depends on the states, right? And then you start getting a little weirded out by that. It depends on the state's angle. Uh, <laughs> the police report said if he didn't wear his mask like a dumb blank he might have got away with it. And that makes me think of Scooby-Doo. I would have got away with it if it was for you meddling kids. And it's always the mask hijinks, right? Which brings me to Time Warner uh, Max, HBO Max, right? They've just announced that Velma's going to get her own spinoff series. And it's going to be a high school part where I know you're saying Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yes. So... Mindy Kaling is going to be the voice. And supposedly it's going to be very sexualized. And so people are freaking out about it. 
Velma, if you remember in the TV show, um, she was curvy. Uh, she wore a sweater. She was competing for the affections of Freddie with Daphne, who was probably the more L.A. slash girl. Um, I'm bringing this all up because it all ties together. He would have got away with it if he wore his mask. Man goes into a bank for a job interview. Where's his COVID masking correctly? They're like, hey, weren't you the guy in the – Yes. 57 years old, what are you still doing robbing banks? I get robbing banks when you're 16, 17, 18. And I know you're saying, did he just say that on air? I kind of did. I kind of get the fact that we all make dumb mistakes early in life. But 57 is pretty late. So media is all a buzz about Mindy Kaling playing a sexualized Velma, a high school Velma, essentially. And there's a serial killer killing all the popular kids. I'm like, is this going to be live action? Is this going to be animated? Because animated makes more sense than pandemic production times. And eh, you get the idea. Um, and yeah, it's going to be animated. But it shows you what the content's going. But back to the guy who robbed the, the, the bank. I once sat on air with Chad. Chad said, hey, CFP Chad Burton. He says, everyone has a retirement plan, whether they know it or not. And I said, well, if my retirement plan is if I turn 60 and I don't have enough money saved, I'm just going to go into a bank with a gun, shoot in the air, go to prison for life. Get cable TV, get a gem, and I didn't kill anyone, so I'm probably be treated pretty well. That's not the retirement plan you want, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Rob Black. <laughs>